Hi friends, welcome to Self Care and Soul Care for the Caregiver. I am one of your co-hosts, Lauren Crow, and with me today is, like I love to say, the one and only Sandra Peoples. <laughs> we are so grateful to be back together and to have another genuine conversation as caregiving moms. And today we are going to talk about finding or discovering your caregiver community on social media. And we kind of want to talk through some of the surprising benefits that we have found in our social media community. We know that there are challenges, but we really want to encourage ourselves and you guys that by highlighting some of the benefits that, you know, social media can be something that actually is a state in our self-care and in our soul care as a caregiver. Um, I'm going to share a neat story that happened just a few days ago and could not have happened without social media. And so I really think that you will enjoy our conversation today as we kind of you know, reveal some things that we've been noticing that might have been hard for us that we've seen on social media, but also the things that have really helped us lately through social media. And so with that, Sandra, what do you think about social media? (laughs) (laughs) That's a huge question. Yeah, it is a huge question. I mean, I, I did a social media episode a while back and we'll put it in the show notes. And I remember saying, Social media is is a tool. It's not a bad thing or a good thing, but I I think the research is showing that it that in some ways, I mean, when we're talking about mental health and we're talking about these younger generations who who don't have good boundaries, I mean, my heart breaks for them in a lot of ways because they are getting the worst of social media and maybe not the best of social media. But for us, maybe for the age that we are and the caregiving situation we're in, I have found amazing community on Mm -hmm. social media. I mean, we even had an episode last weekend, really, really like the hardest weekend we've ever had with James. And I thought, I don't know anybody in my real life who's, who's going through this, right? I just like, even his friends at school because of HIPAA laws I can't get to know them like his teacher can't tell me well there's this other kid in his class and and you should connect with her his mom like she can't do that and so it's almost working against us having community in our real lives and so I posted on Monday night about what a hard weekend we had and I got a bunch of encouragement and messages and people saying we're going through something very similar. Here's my cell. You can text me. And especially here in Texas, because the process for different things is different in every state. And so I need Texas friends going through this, right? Because I need to know what steps did you take and how did, what help did you get and what's available and how did you pay for it? (laughs) And all of those questions. And that wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have felt the support and the encouragement. If I, first of all, hadn't been vulnerable on social media, that's part of it, right? Like not only presenting our best selves, but, but sharing when it's hard. And that's, that's a challenge, but that's what vulnerability is what breeds community. It's what, where it grows. And so I don't know, I'm feeling very uh, positive vibes about social media right now. And 
and Facebook groups that I'm in that are supportive and, and post and just ways we communicate with each other and, and how God uses that to encourage me and make me feel less alone on this journey. That's so good. I, I talk to my kids about this a lot that social media and other things in life, we won't go into the other ones, is like fire. Like fire is a good thing. It provides warmth. It provides light. Like you can use it to cook things like it. It's a good thing to have. Right. But fire outside of the fire pit or fire outside of the fireplace um, is dangerous. And so I think social media is that same way where if we put the right boundaries around social media and we keep it in the right spot to where it's not something we're going to, to, um, like to medicate or to escape, but we're going to it for those healthy things. Like you would go to fire to get warm and to maybe make your food or for light or whatever those things are. If you're putting it in the right spot and you're putting the right boundaries around it, it can really be an amazing benefit in your life. I am so grateful that I was not raised in a generation where I had access to Instagram and all the social medias because I would be so embarrassed probably (laughs) by what my digital footprint would have been because we don't have brains back then. it's, It's true. There's science studies, scientific studies about it. You just don't have brains when yeah. you're, you know, preteen and a teenager. They're just not there yet. Yeah. And so, and then we give them this like access to everything and it becomes unhealthy. And I do think that can filtrate down to our generation where we're like, well, hold on. We've actually put some great boundaries around this. And for the caregiving community, it, like you said, it's one of the only places I can go to like find true friendship, true relationship. They might not be living down the street, but like you said, it's the only spot for me for that. And so like, for instance, you and I, we connected via social media yeah, and that's been a beautiful gift in my life. My, I have another friend who saw my blog and I had no idea that she had a child with autism. And so we reconnected after 20 something years and that's been beautiful spiritual friendship and she's in my area. And so she's like the only person that lives in my area. And so None of that would have been, would have come about without social media. And I have a personality type where I like to hide. I feel more safe if I'm hidden. And so to come out and to be on social media and to stay and remain on social media is a constant, honestly, fight or wrestle inside. Cause I'm like, I just don't want to deal with all of that. Um, But I found that if I was to take myself off of social media, I would lose my caregiver community. It would be gone because I really don't have it around here in my actual local community. And so, yeah, I also think it's been an amazing place to find answers to things because a lot of moms, you get together in a mom group or whatever, your local church, they're talking about things that just don't relate to what I need answers for. And I'm like, how did you get your pull-ups paid for? You know what I mean? And so like, there's just these questions that I really can only ask, like our abiding caregiver Facebook group, like that Mm -hmm. is 
I mean, so valuable. Like the community in that group, when someone says, hey, I'm having a hard time or how did you go about this? Man, these caregiving moms and these caregivers, (laughs) they just flood the comments and you're like, oh my gosh, I couldn't find that outside of that group. Yeah. You know? (laughs) No, it's amazing. I'm grateful for that. Yeah, I am too. And I, you know, it takes some time to build those kind of communities and, um, and to set the right tone in a Facebook group, because there are some Facebook groups that I've been in where everybody's angry all the time, right? They're resentful of their life and they complain. And there, there is no, there is certainly a place for venting. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to tell anybody how to feel, but I think, especially in our, like our Biden caregiver Facebook group and others that really center on the hope we have in Christ, we don't leave people in a place of hurting. Like we can encourage them with the encouragement we ourselves have received. And we can talk about uh, what we've been through. One of the things I really love about like our Facebook group is the different ages of people in there where there's people you know, I have a 14 year old, there's people in there with 24 year olds or 34 year olds and four year olds. And so it runs this whole gamut to where none of us have to feel like I'm the first one to ever face this and, and nobody knows how to help a teenager, you know, but there's lots of moms in there who have lots of great encouragement. And so that's a, a real benefit. I think that, that, is a challenge in real life. Even if you do have good friends, sometimes they're not multi-generational or even in the, just a few years, parenting kids that are a few years apart. So when you go through those transitions, like the transition, when our kids are 18 or your transition from into kindergarten, then there's moms there who can encourage you through those transitions. And, you know, that reminds me of, the time when Barrett was getting all the diagnoses <laughs> and I cried out to God so many times in the middle of the night for community. And it was like what you said, I didn't need community that was venting at that point. I didn't yep. need community that was negative. I needed Jesus community. I needed someone to say, this is so hard. All of your feelings and emotions are validated here. I'm not minimizing them. Here's the hope I found in Jesus and Jesus. So this is hard and Jesus. Yeah. That's the community I needed. And I begged God for it. And I Googled and I couldn't find anything back then or whatever. And so if I would have had this abiding caregiver Facebook group when Barrett was two, I mean, it would have made all the difference for me because I felt so alone. And so I just, I don't think you can throw, you know, the saying the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to social media. I think we need to look at our boundaries. And for me, just a couple tips. I really curate my feeds. I have two social media accounts. I have the caregiving mom where it's a private account. I made it private because it's not an education account. I'm not educating the world on autism awareness. That's, that's really not my heart and what God's like called me to. There's other accounts that are incredible at that. That's not mine. So I made mine private because I didn't want to spend time answering a lot of 
ignorant comments and et cetera. I'm like, that's not, I don't have time for that in my life. And so I privated it just for caregiving moms. And I just share more of the day-to-day of my life as caregiving mom with my son Barrett. And so then I have my regular one for Lauren D. Crow. And that one is my personal account. Um, It's public because I like to encourage people with what God's putting on my heart as a writer. And I have learned with that account that I have to curate it. I cannot just follow every person and et cetera. I want to leave social media feeling um, encouraged and not depressed or like I need to go buy something. (laughs) So I've been really, really intentional about, I don't have very many people I follow. It's no offense to anybody else. It's just, I need to hop on social media and see some writings that I like from some authors, see some cute kids from my dear friends and call it a day, you know, like I just, I don't need everything else. And I think that's been really helpful for me is saying, okay, what are my boundaries with social media? And it's kept my heart in a better spot, but I wanted to share this little story that happened over the weekend. And I didn't even think about how we were going to talk about this today. This happened last weekend, about a week ago. And I, on my caregiving mom Instagram, one of the sweet moms I've been connected with shared um, another mom's account. And it's, I think it's called like the glory days. And she does this special needs planner. Um, and I had never heard of it. And, sh- and anyways, this person I followed said, you should go listen to her, you know, stories. And so I went over there and I was like, I have no idea who this is. I listened to her stories and she's just talking about how frustrating it is trying to get her planner into a brick and mortar store like Target or Walmart or Staples. Yet there are planners for people who are into like astrology and like working out like these, you know, little niche groups here, but we have 11.2 million caregiving families or families with a disability. And these big retailers are saying there's not a market for your planner, which is so silly, right? It's just another, you know, thing. And so it was weighing heavy on her heart because she's been working so hard for years to get this planner into stores. Well, I used to work for Walmart corporate office. And so I still have previous colleagues and great relationships with so many people there. And because I saw the glory days, her, you know, request, she wasn't even requesting for help, but just saying it's so frustrating. I can't, you know, can't do anything about this. I've tried everything. I was able to connect with a previous colleague and she's actually helping her get her planner into Walmart. Now she's like, we can at least get it online. Yeah. And so she emailed her all the things we made the connection happen. And then me and I believe it's Amanda with the glory days. She was like, I need to FaceTime you to tell you, thank you. So then all of a sudden I'm on FaceTime with a new friend, you know, and we're both in our PJs and we don't care because we're caregiving moms. Like that's normal. And we're, you know, I'm just, she's like, I can't believe this. And I'm like, I just saw your story. I happened to work with Walmart in the past. And here we are that connection would have never happened without social media because I'm still connected with my previous season of colleagues. And now I'm meeting new people and God's connecting them in these really cool ways. And so I wanted to share that with everyone today because I thought, man, that would have never happened if I wouldn't just kept being a part of this online community and letting God just kind of expand the borders of that community, if you will, and make some really cool connections like that. So maybe- 
y'all will be able to buy a special needs mom planner yeah online with soon yeah <laughs> that would be amazing that's so cool. That cool I know and that just there's so many stories similar to that of just making connections and that happening you and I connecting over social media I have so many writer friends that I wouldn't know if it weren't for social media and that's just really cool. It's cool that God weaves us together. Uh, no matter where we live, he knows what we need and he can bring those relationships. However, he needs to work that out to make it happen. If it's an Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, or I don't know all that there's new ones, but <laughs> yeah. The TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I really do like TikTok. I think it's fun. I don't create any content there, but I watch content there and the algorithm gets to know you pretty quickly and it starts recommending okay. things. And there's some stuff that I have learned on there that I wouldn't have learned otherwise. And so I know, like, I think people my age, especially in their forties give TikTok, think TikTok is awful. And I'm sure it is for lots of people, but I'm like, this is really, I mean, I'm learning things that I wouldn't have learned. There's lots of therapists on there and pastors on there and encouragers on there. And so if you really curate your feed and it takes a little while, like the first few days, you're like, don't ever show me this again. Don't ever show me this again. <laughs> and then, then it gets to know you and it shows you stuff. That's well, that makes me need to give it maybe a second chance because I've gotten on it and I'm like I am overwhelmed I'm more of an old soul than my age I know I'm a little bit younger than you but when I get on TikTok I feel like I'm 82 well I need to give it more uh, more of a chance <laughs> yeah and it's I mean we're talking about community I don't know that that's a place to find community I haven't it, like even on Twitter I love Twitter but that that's more businessy for me like that's more um and I do have community people, but they feel more like coworkers than they do like friends. Yes. You know what I mean? And so yeah. Instagram and Facebook are the place, especially Facebook groups, more than just like our regular feeds. That's what feels like friendship to me, those places. So, well, let me ask you a question because I just, this just popped in my mind and I would love to know your part on this so and if this has happened to you um when people find out that I have a son on the autism spectrum I will tend to get different informative articles sent to me yeah or um try this camel milk camel milk yeah. will heal your son I'm like Okay, for $72,000 million, right. I will buy one drop of camel milk yeah. that's <laughs> to heal my son. I'm not saying it doesn't have benefits. I have, I'm not a scientist, but um, sometimes you begin to get things that can be hurtful. People maybe not don't have that intention, obviously. They think they're helping, right? Yeah. Well, they share different articles and different things, but it can feel a little, I'm just going to be honest. I've been so irritated at times. Like yeah. I really don't want another article. I've even posted, I think probably a year, year-ish ago, posted something on my personal Instagram saying, please don't send me any more articles. Like, I love you guys. Please, like, I don't need I don't need any more articles about autism. I, you know, and so anyways, what do you do if you've experienced that before where people are sending you, you know, like camel milk and things. And so just wondering how you handle that. Yeah. If it's like in a private message, 
I just say, thanks. And I move on. Like I can, I can put a boundary up and, and especially if it's not anybody I've ever interacted with before, I don't owe them anything. I don't even owe them saying thanks, but I just want to acknowledge, I, I see this. I'm not going to give you any more back than just thanks, appreciate it or whatever. Um, if it's in the comments, that's a little trickier because you don't want the rest of your audience. I mean, they're watching how you react to something like that. And so you say, you know, thanks for the information. I'm glad it's worked for other people. We trust in our doctor's care or, you know, something like that. We, we really love our son's doctor and we're going to continue or therapist or, you know, whoever fill in the blank there. Um, and so we're going to continue to do what he or she recommends. And, and so just saying, thank you, but this is my boundary. Um, and you know, it does, especially as public as we can be, it does invite criticism and opinions and things you just don't care about. I like on my public Facebook page, I have the mailbox turned off. I try to be really not very accessible. So we can have an interaction in in the comments where everybody sees it because people are more on their best behavior in the comments. And then it's in private messages where, you know, I'm like, please don't, I don't need that. Or I don't, this is too much, or you don't understand the situation. There's so many nuances. And so I try to turn off a lot of inbox kind of things and then have conversations in public comments and then just try to keep some good boundaries of we're, we're going to follow our doctor's advice or we're comfortable with what we're doing now, those kind of things. And you and I talked before we hit record, we were talking about one of my favorite quotes from Nancy Guthrie. She's an author and she had two children pass away and she talks about there's times when we're tender and it's like we have a burn on our arm and we bump up against something and it hurts. Even if we bumped up against some something with the other arm, it wouldn't hurt because there's not a burn. And so sometimes when I get a comment or a link or something, I, I check my heart first and say, okay, you, you're feeling vulnerable or you're feeling judged or you're feeling like you're not a good enough mom and that somebody else would do better with this. And And so I have to understand, am I reacting so strongly to this because I'm feeling tender or hurt? And then I have to let God heal that in me so that I don't overreact in anger or frustration or um, really, you know, make that person feel worse when usually it's done with a good intent. And really, I think, Lauren, those kind of people fade out the older your kids get. They just do. I'm not getting nearly as many. Here's how you should cure. And, and I shared this in my Instagram stories. I saw it on Twitter and it said, young mom, young parents write books about parenting. Older parents write books about prayer, right? No, it's much easier to have answers when you have not experienced the full gamut of challenges. And I'm not downplaying anybody's challenges, but It was much more likely when I was the mom of a four-year-old that another mom of a five-year-old would say, you need to try this. It's, that's not happening. No moms of 20-year-olds are sending me camel milk advertisements, (laughs) right? Oh, good. So, you know, and there, there are, I mean, it's just, 
and you and I know there's people out there who prey on our fear and they will mm. offer anything they can, uh, mm. magic cures or latching on to um, this doctor in this state who did this amazing thing and you need to spend thousands of dollars to find out more uh, and you just, you you can't get too overwhelmed by it. You just have to take the next right step and do the next right thing and, and know that um, God is directing your steps and not get too sidetracked by other people's solutions to fill the fear that they are experiencing in their own parenting journeys. That's such great wisdom. And it kind of leads us as we um, end today's conversation back to a scripture we've talked about a lot in Psalms where it says, my boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. And the truth is our inheritance that matters most is an eternal inheritance. And these boundaries that God's placed in our life, sometimes we see them as limitations and we need to like fix them and solve them. But truly, we don't need to fly to New York to see that, you know, doctor and spend our life savings to do it. We can trust that in our boundaries and our limitations, that God's power can shine through our weakness and that he has flourishing for our family if we respect the boundaries that he's put. I was feeling so tender this week for different reasons. And um, I just, I read a book to my daughter last night and it's Psalm 23, but it's kind of in like a kid version, if you will. And I literally read the first line and then just had to like pause because I needed to remember those few words. And it obviously just says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. And I just sat with that imagery last night of just me in a green pasture as a little sheep and he's my shepherd and I can trust him. And at the end of the day, I have all that I need in him. And so I think when we get on social media, we have to be careful with, oh, I need this or they're doing that. Let me more more. It can kind of lead you to that more mentality. And I think today we're saying take the beautiful community God's given us through it and steward it well and kind of release the, the more stuff and the extra stuff that comes and draw a good little boundary line and know that God can have flourishing for you without you going outside of your boundary. Um, that's can be harder said than done, but I think it was a really good encouragement and reminder today as we talked through all of this. So friends, thank you for joining us today. And I just wanna pray for us as we go on about our Fridays tomorrow and the weekend. Hopefully there's no more snowstorms and things shutting down schools and therapies <laughs> like there was over the last couple of weeks. And this weekend could be one of rest. So let's pray for rest and let's just thank God for the community that he has brought us in our lives. Lord, we just love you. We just thank you for this podcast, this podcast community of caregivers, our abiding Facebook group of caregivers, God. Lord, all the people that you've brought into our lives, that's been a source of joy and encouragement, and you've brought them in unexpected ways, and you've showed us them in unexpected places, God. Lord, help us not to discount the ways that you operate and move and bring relationships and community and life and um, encouragement to us, God. 
Lord, thank you for the ways you bring um, the friendships that are iron sharpens iron, God. Even if we don't ever get to hang out face to face or in person, God, we're still sharpening each other through these online ways, God. So Lord, help us not to discount the ways that you are showing up um, and bring beauty into our lives, God. Lord, I ask that the caregiver that's listening today that feels lonely and doesn't feel seen and is really weary and struggling, Father, I just ask that your light and love invade their heart and their life today, God. Connect them divinely with the right person, with the right resource, with the right group online, Father, um, that they need to just lift their weary arms for them and give them strength, Father. Lord, I just thank you that these conversations that Sandra and I have on this podcast, that they would bless every caregiver that is listening because you will speak to them through it, God, that you're putting language around things that they really needed um, to hear, Father. So Lord, we just thank you and we praise you for this um, just blessing of this time together and for the community that you have brought through this podcast. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, I am so excited to tell you something. (laughs) Next week... I am putting myself out there and my husband out there because we are going to come to the podcast together and talk about marriage in relation to special needs parenting. And so we asked for your feedback. We said, (laughs) hey, what are some things that you want us to talk about as a married couple stewarding a child with a disability? And And you got some good questions and comments. I saw them. We got so much. So we have categorized the feedback that we have received and we are going to hit the hot topics. We're going to talk about intimacy and um, conflict. Like we've never experienced conflict before, but we're going to try and really dig deep. (laughs) Just kidding. You said that with a straight face. I was like, wait. No way. So we're going to hit those to- those really hot topics and we are hoping and praying that it will be a blessing to you because we know that it's hard to find people like we were talking about uh, during this podcast that get it when it comes yeah. to disability parenting, if you will. So I hope that y'all will get excited about that episode that will come out next week. But thank you for joining us today and I hope you have an awesome weekend. Bye friends. Bye.